Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Women of Grace, Faith, and Courage May Bible Study. This is part two of our two-part Bible study series on spiritual growth and development from milk to meat. So excited to really just close this close the study out and really just share, do a recap of what we talked about um, in during part one, and then close out by just sharing um, four, well, plus a bonus one, five essential areas of spiritual growth um, from the Lord. So five ways that we can discern whether we're growing spiritually and remember that that has nothing to do with the length of time that we've been saved, whether it's a short amount of time, a couple of months or, you know, six months, or whether it's a, we've been saved for five years, our spiritual growth is contingent upon, um, as we talked about in the first few things, just our personal devotion and our level of consecration and our surrender, right? So we talked about um, a few things during part one. We really talked about the barriers. We looked at some some barriers to our spiritual growth. What are those things or relationships um, uh, and even um, some of the self-imposed limitations that we put on our spiritual growth because of lack of devotion or um, our attitude and our passiveness when it comes to our spiritual growth and really just our battle too with the flesh as well. So we talked about that. We also talked about the importance of being planted in a Christ-centered Bible-based church of the Lord's choosing. So we just talked about the importance of um, of doing life and having that community or being in that community of like-minded believers and really just the power in that fellowship and not forsaking the assembly just when it comes to gathering with other believers um, in a church establishment. Yes, we can all say that we are the church as the body of Christ, but we're talking about little C church as well. There are benefits to that in terms of the gifts that God has given us, the, the cultivation that must occur um, and, the, and, and, and just um, having that leadership and that covering very, very essential to our spiritual growth. We also looked at some myths about spiritual growth that many of us have believed for years. And so really was a very rich conversation. And so tonight we're really just going to have a nice, a nice uh, sort of um, way to close the loop, but just looking at some of the, the things that are evidence of, of, or, or a demonstration of whether we're growing in Christ or not. And I think oftentimes the question that that we have for ourselves is, okay, how do I know if I'm growing in Christ? Like, how do I know if I'm becoming more like Christ? How do I know if I'm maturing in my walk with him? You know, maybe, you know, we've been doing all of these different things and maybe we've been doing all of these different works and maybe, or maybe we've been having more time in prayer. Um, or maybe we just feel like, you know what, I'm just really not sure where I am in my my, my growth process with the Lord. And so we're going to look at four areas, plus a new one that God shared with me a couple of days ago, a few days ago, that we're going to talk about tonight. So again, just really excited about this series. One, because God knows all things. So there was a specific reason for the Lord really allowing us to, 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 to come together and talk about something that I do not believe that we as, as the body of Christ and as church uh, as as the church and as leaders and and as you know pastors and ministers, I don't think this is a topic that we talk about a lot. I think we we lead people to salvation, and that is great. We really want to see people make it into heaven. That is so important. We want to we want to honor the Great Commission. We want to make disciples. We want to to see fruit bearing Christians, but we also want to inform people and educate people on what it means to mature in their walk with Christ and what that looks like and what what that does not look like. Right. So I think that that is just 
just so very important. And again, we we lead people to the cross and it's almost like we drop them off and we drive off. <laughs> so it it we we don't really tell people how to do life with Christ and how to develop a relationship and what it looks like um, to really put on the new man and what it looks like to really um, say goodbye to the to, to the things of the past, it's the old ways and, and, and the challenges that that comes with and the battle that that is on a day-to-day basis. These are all very important conversations and things that we absolutely must share with a, a, a new believer, um, especially a new believer. And then for some of us, like myself, I got saved Seven, seven years ago, but I didn't start hearing about these things such as growth and maturing in my walk with Christ and all these other things until about two years ago. So again, it is, we, we're doing the, the, the body of Christ a disservice when we are really not um, really encouraging people and, and equipping people, thank you, Holy Spirit, with what they need to know from an education perspective and from a, a spiritual encouragement and biblical truth perspective um, as to how they must or how we all must grow and, and, and allow the Lord to continue the transformation process that he promises that we can be confident in him to finish, which is absolutely just, I am just so wooed by that because I know that that just with the, the way that our flesh works, that there are many things that we start and we just we just don't finish them. We really just don't finish them, whether it's something as small as starting, uh, you know, a load of clothes to something as large as starting uh, an assignment for the Lord that a lot of times it is a battle to finish it. But God, he has given us this promise in Philippians 1, 6, that we can be confident. Oh, that is the word that really just melts my heart because we've been confident in so many other things when it comes to our spiritual walk. But we really must understand that the only person that we can be confident in is the Lord. And we can be confident in the fact that he says that he which hath begun a good work in us, that he's going to finish it. And that just brings me just, it really does just bring me to tears when I think about how the Lord will not leave us by the wayside, how the Lord would not allow us to just remain where we are. If we truly allow the Lord to do what it is he wants to do in us, then it will open up the door for him to do mighty works with and through us. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, I want to say that again. I just really, that just jazzed me up tonight that if we really truly allow the Lord to do the work in us, that it will open up the door of opportunity for God to do so much with and through us. Amen, amen. Oh, that just gets me so excited. I, I, I just really am just in awe at just how committed and devoted the Lord is to us, even when we aren't committed to him. Just as the word of God says that even when we are faithless, that God is so faithful. He's that one constant person, that one constant thing, that one relationship that we have that is not going to fall through, is not going to falter, is not going to be like any other earthly relationship that we have, we will not be disappointed when we make a decision to do life with Christ. When we make a decision to put all of our eggs in a basket, we will not be let down. We are in fact opening up the door to see some of the best years of our life. And I can say that from experience. So I am excited about why God wants to place this particular lesson in front of us in this season. And I am even more excited just to hear from um, from those who uh, listen to the replay from those who have attended live, just how God has really opened just your eyes, but all of our eyes to what it looks like to increase in our knowledge and understanding of his word, to in, increase in our, our, our discernment, just to see the changes 
in the shift in our spiritual walk as we apply just some of what God has shared through uh, through these lessons. Because again, this is not anything I would have thought to teach. I really was just, as with every lesson for Women of Grace, it is a, I usually consecrate and usually go away or spend some time retreating, whether that be like retreating at an actual offsite location or retreating just here in, in my home where it's just like totally disconnect. And I, I need to hear from God on what the next few months of the lesson look like. And that's how these lessons are developed. I don't just kind of make something and I'm like, yes, that's what we're going to talk about. No, it is truly led by the Holy Spirit. So that's how I know, I know, I know that he is really just ministering to us all in this season about the importance of us growing and maturing in our walk and, and, and just becoming mature Christians because there are people that are connected to us, whether that be our children, our family, our mentees, uh, just youth and teens, we may know other believers, our peers, right? Even people who may have been saved for a long time, maybe even some seasoned saints. It, we are still in a place to be examples to even those people, right? As we're maturing, people are watching. They're watching the change in the way we have our conversations. They're watching the change in the way that we navigate certain situations. They're watching the level of grace that we exude and that we demonstrate um, when navigating just uh, um, maybe even um, challenging situations when navigating relationships with people that we know we aren't necessarily seeing eye to eye with. These are all things that other people are watching in us. And I just pray, pray, pray that as we are seeking the Lord and really just um, desiring to grow and, and mature in our walk every day that we're dying to our flesh, that we honestly can, can go before the Lord and really say, and go before others and really say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That is for me a personal goal of mine that I can just be so committed to the Lord and so committed to growing and be and bearing fruit that I can truly say, you know, I'm not perfect, but as I'm growing in my walk with Christ and really relentlessly pursuing Christ, that I can say with, with confidence in the Lord um, that, that you can follow me because I'm following Christ, right? So how beautiful is that? Not to not to be able to lead someone astray, not to be able to lead someone into a ditch, right? Not the blind leading the blind, but for us to be so confident in our in who we are in the Lord and in our devotion to Christ and in the ability to really grow in Christ that we can say with just so much confidence that we can, can encourage others to really truly imitate us, our behaviors, the things that we're teaching, the things that they're hearing us say, the things that they're seeing us do. That is a beautiful place to be. And it really is a, um, it really is truly a, I'm trying to figure out the word, the right word to say, help me, Holy Spirit. It, it is a, it's really a powerful place to be, but it really opens up the door and creates this opportunity for it to create like this domino effect. Whereas we're growing, we're relentlessly pursuing, but then we're seeing um, the person that's connected to us, whether it's in our household, in our ministry, in a group of friends, and we're seeing them look at us and then they're saying, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to devote more time to pray. I'm going to devote more time to study. I'm going to devote more time to this. I'm going to go away and be consecrated. Right. And then as, as a result, someone who's watching them then does the same thing. That's is, is, is so powerful. That is what we want to see. If we can see all these other things trending and hashtags and all these challenges and all these other worldly 
things that really catch a fire, all of these worldly uh, sort of memes and, and challenges and just all these other worldly things, if we can see them catch a fire like they do, because these things go viral, but what if it really went viral for us to really just grow in our walk with Christ, for us to become more like Christ? What if that was a challenge? Hashtag become more like Christ. Hashtag who's growing in the Lord. Hashtag who wants to become more like Christ. That is what the world needs more of. That is what we need to see in the body of Christ. That would truly make waves in the kingdom of God. Not only that, but that would truly impede on the enemy's territory. And that's what I really want us to start doing as a body of Christ, just becoming mature in our walk and really truly just putting on our stomping boots and really treading on the serpents and the scorpions. We have that authority to do so. So I am... I'm just so excited about what God is just is just going to do in and with and, and through us as we really just receive what God is saying through this lesson, part one, and, and as we just go through part two and just really just going before the Lord, like, wow, Lord, okay, that was a lot. What, how can I apply what I heard? I know, I know something was for me and nine out of 10, either from part one or part two, the Lord has confirmed or revealed or convicted or, you know, all of the above, something that he has already spoken to you or that he will speak to you from this lesson um, that is really going to, if we receive and if we allow the Lord to really minister to us, it is really going to shift, I believe, thank you, Holy Spirit, it is really going to shift the direction which we were going in when it comes to our relationship with Christ. And I believe it's also going to position us to be in a place where we see accelerated growth in our relationship with Christ, Christ, accelerated growth and a level of revelation and wisdom that we, that we are receiving and able to process and able to, 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 to discern and able to allow flow through us and able to explain and able to teach and able to bring forth in such a mighty, mighty way. Amen. 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 So as I was preparing for part two, really the Lord had placed um, four essential um, areas of growth in front of me. And so the question that these, the, these four essential areas are going to answer is how do I know if I'm growing in Christ? How will I know if I am becoming a mature Christian? What does the mature Christian look like? Right. And there are four plus one. So plus a bonus. Thank you. Holy spirit. I love him. He exceedingly abundantly. <laughs> so just love him so much. But so there are five things you're going to talk about tonight. And um, I mean, they're not, they're, they're things that I think we've all heard before, but I love how the Lord brings things that we've heard before, maybe years ago, maybe in certain teachings that he's bringing it back in front of us, either sharing it in a different way or allowing us to receive it in a different way or bringing it back in front of us because there's something that he really, really wants us to catch hold of. So I just pray that we, that we again, apply the things that we know the Lord is speaking to us about tonight. Um, it from coupled with what we heard from part one, um, as well as just allowing the Lord to just show us the areas that that we are that we may be that we may need more of his 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 discipline in. Right. And maybe it, it's prayer time. Maybe it's reading of the word. Maybe it is consecration. There's always one area or one or more areas. That, I mean, we're all in a different place in our journey where we know we know we know that God is calling us deeper where we know he's calling us to do more, where we know he's sort of calling us out of that place of of comfort and safety 
And 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 if we're honest, because if I'm honest, our flesh doesn't want us to do anything more. Really, our flesh wants us to be comfortable. Our flesh wants us to do exactly the opposite of what God wants us to do. I mean, spirit and the, and and the flesh are always at conflict. The the flesh is always opposing or in opposition uh, to what the the spirit of God wants to do. Always, and that's why it's a constant or a daily battle. Even even with those of us that you see that are that have like ministries that 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 appear to be consistent in their ministry, their ministry seems to be fruitful. It, we still have the same challenges. It is not a week that goes by where I'm not getting ready to teach the youth, and my flesh is like, why don't you just pop on a movie or or do something else instead? Why don't you just you know, do, do something different. Why, why, why can't you just meet with them? I mean, these are the real battles that we have that, that if we aren't mature in our walk and we aren't discerning, um, sort of just where we're supposed to be and really just cognizant of our commitment to, to, to the things of God, that we will end up giving in, um, and giving way and submitting to the flesh opposed to the spirit of God, which is really not a good place to be. It's a slippery slope and it's a dangerous place to be. So I pray that as we're growing, in our walk and even just asking the Lord to show us the areas that we need his, his grace in, or we need his discipline and we need his strength and that he brings those things to light. Amen. Amen. So in looking at the four areas and actually, let me just thank you. Spirit. I'll pause there. Um, sister Christina, it's just you and I right now, which is, this is one of my partners in the kingdom of God was such a wonderful and wise, just woman and worshiper and just all these other titles that <laughs> I got to share with her that she is, is soon to really just walk in. And I'm just so excited. So I wanted to see if you had anything that she wanted to just to add. Um, yes, Sister April, I really um, am loving just what you're sharing. And I think, you know, it's so important even to remember, like you were saying that even um, more seasoned and sometimes even more mature believers, like it's still a struggle and it's still a battle. And it's something that we have to continue to lay before the Lord. Um, and I know that that's something that even in my life, you know, I'm still working on spiritual disciplines and still, you know, we have to work on those areas and, you know, we're not always right there, uh, where we want to be. And so it is, it's a journey and it's that, that, we should be growing and I love how that's like really the approach and the heart that you have for it is like you know growth is usually oftentimes something that you can measure but there is that growth that's like the hidden uh growth as well and so I'm, I'm excited to hear what you're um going to continue sharing in the different points but just to encourage um any fellow sisters that are listening or even brothers if uh, they tag in and listen in that um truly that you can't just look at somebody on the outside and know what uh, their disciplines look like. And you can't know what their spiritual walk looks like. That's something that's really between us and God. And that even uh, more seasoned believers, like you said, we still need to be seeking to be growing and to, to yield more of our heart to the Lord and to yield um, more of our life um, to the Lord, our time and our talents. And so I'm really excited. I'm encouraged. Um, just, uh, waiting to see even, um, how this produces more fruit in my life. Yeah. Amen. Right. Amen. I'm, I'm me too. I'm excited as well. Just always meditating on what God shares through these lessons and, and because it's it, <laughs> being a partaker of it first before I share it. And so, um, and I think that was just that, that piece is, was just so powerful too. just understanding that we cannot measure someone's spiritual maturity and growth by what we see. I mean, again, we're all battling. We are all, we are all battling our flesh. We 
we are all battling our fall. I'm telling you, I mean, I just shared a little snippet about, I mean, it, it, we oftentimes think we see other people that are really, that seem to really be um, in a, in, in a, a different place than we are. And we just assume that it's easy, but the back end of the, not even the back end, the walk is the walk. The journey is the journey. All the struggles are real. We all um, have some similar, similar struggles, especially with the discipline and all of that. I mean, that it's a, it's a struggle. So this, it is going to be encouraging to hear what God is just saying to us about, about where he wants us to land, ultimately land so that he can really just continue the work in us. And, and I'm just so encouraged that he's going to continue the work in us <laughs> as we're doing the work as well, though. We can't be, we can't have a sort of a, a, a passive approach and we're like, oh, well, God's going to do the work. No, no, no. We must do the work. We, we must. Faith without works is dead. We have to do the work and God is going to meet, he's going to meet us right where we are. That's the beautiful thing. He really is going to meet us right where we are. And we're going to reach, we're all going to reach our destination. We may not get there at the same time. Sis, if I could just add uh, the word that I heard as you were um, kind of trying to catch it was that we have to work is that we cannot be lackadaisical. Yes, that's the word. You know, and and it's like, that's the word I heard you so strong. It's like, we we have a part to play. And even as you were talking earlier, what just kept coming to my mind is like, we have a responsibility to become more and more like Christ Mm -hmm. every single day. And that's part of our life is to become an imitator of Christ. And I loved how you used the example of um, being an imitator of Christ so that others can imitate us as also. And so like, I just, um, but we can't just, uh, you know, we can't allow ourselves to become complacent or our attitudes become lackadaisical where we're not willing to invest um, the part that God has, has asked for us to, to give. Yes. Amen. And we're going to talk, we're going to talk about that. Amen. I I, I just love, just loving, 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 loving it. Love him, love him, love him, love him. So, and again, these aren't going to be like some, you know, uh, super deep, <laughs> you know, points, but they're going to be so uh, uh, poignant in, in really just so exactly what one needs to hear in this season. And God knows all things. So they'll be familiar, what you're hearing, what you'll hear in these essential areas are going to be familiar. But I believe that God is just going to either remind us or give us a refresher or for many, this will be new who are listening to the replay. This might be new new to you, and you might be writing these down like, oh, okay, this is what this is what's happening as I'm on this journey. This is what I should see versus what I'm not seeing, um, which should encourage all of us to really just, I mean, go before the Lord to say, okay, Lord, I, I, I'm not seeing this this particular area of growth. So what what do I now do to see growth in that area, Lord? Because I want to see growth in all areas of my life, especially the spiritual um, area, which is today's focus. So the first thing that that God um, sort of uh, shared with me or led me to was um, increasing our knowledge and understanding of God's word. So when we read it, it sounds, I mean, it makes sense, right? Self-explanatory, but really this is an area where a lot of believers are struggling. And when we think about from milk to meat, we talked last time about how um, there's just some hidden, uh, um, hidden and deep revelation in God's word. But if we are not in a position where we are reading God's word and we are really devoting the time to meditating over God's word, sitting with the Lord on his word, then we are not putting ourselves in a position where God can reveal the depths of his word. Like there's literally just so much 
revelation and divine wisdom. And I mean, I'm talking about uh, um, um, stronghold shattering, uh, 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 yoke breaking, like truth, transformative uh, revelation that literally we can we can hold tight to and we can allow the Lord to share through us that would change somebody else's life. But if we are not in a position where we are making the personal commitment and being intentional, and the Lord said sacrificing and spending that time with him in his word, it, 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 we miss those hidden gems. We miss those biblical truths. And not just reading it at, at surface level like it's a novel. It's not a novel. We want to read this, this, this sacred and holy text, this God's word alive and powerful. I mean, God breathe, inspire. I mean, it is absolutely just so rich. And it is the best action, love, <laughs> I mean, story of redemption and forgiveness and, 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 and um, you know, just true love and just all of these other things that we seek movies for. It is all right there for us in the word of God. But really, the Lord was just talking about how we are not making the commitment. We're not being intentional about our time, meaning we really aren't carving out the time to, to really sit with the Lord so we can read his word. So we can, 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 can pick out few, a few passages or a chapter that the Lord may be leading us to read. And we're actually like writing the text out. Like, what are we observing? So we're really doing this in-depth Bible study or using these in-depth Bible study techniques that are going to really allow us to dissect the word of God. That's really going to open up our hearts and our minds to receive those hidden gems. I mean, just to know that there's so much uh, in the Lord's word, those great and mysterious things that, 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 that we can actually call to the Lord and he will show us, but that's only if we're in a position to be able to receive that. And we talked about that when we looked at Hebrews in part one, where the author was trying to really share some, some depth, some, some really deep wisdom, right. About, I think it was about the, the coming of Christ. Um, but, and they just, they were missing it. They couldn't grasp it. They had been Christians for such a long time, but they were not spiritually mature. So he was just referring to how he couldn't feed the meat because they were only able to consume milk. And I pray that we get to a place where we can allow the Lord to actually show us and reveal to us these great and mighty, these gems that are within his word, even in the most popular or well-known passages, there's so much death. There's so much fresh manna. There's so much truth in it. And it, it's, it's, it's a different truth every time we read it. Every single season, God sheds some new light on his word in such a new way. I mean, he illuminates it in such a new way that we could probably teach uh, on, on a familiar passage differently every week. We really, really could because that's how much wisdom and revelation that we have access to if we allow ourselves or position ourselves to really be committed to increasing our knowledge and understanding of God's word. It is going to be so important. There's no way for us to be fruit bearing Christ exalting Christians if we don't understand God's word. If we don't know who God is, and the only way to know who God is, is yes, by praying, but also by reading his word, meditating over his word daily, really sitting with him on it. I mean, talking with him, Lord, this doesn't make sense. Lord, what does this mean to me? Even if it's a word in, his, in, in a passage that stands out, there's something that God can speak to you and minister to you in that word that caught your eye. 
just writing that word down and sitting with the Lord and saying, wow, Lord, this word from your word, (laughs) hallelujah, is really standing out to me. Tell me what this means. Tell me what you're talking about here. Tell me what the theme of this chapter is. Tell me, Lord, just just really show me these this wisdom so that I can not only just receive it for myself, but that I can actually be able to minister to somebody else who's in need of a word minister to someone else who may need encouraging. But if we are not in our word the way we should be, right? And that's going to look different for all of us. I mean, some people may say, well, I'm not in the word at all, or I only read a couple of days a week. Then you'll know that maybe you should just go before the Lord to increase it to three times a week. Or really just, you know, the commitment that we all know the commitment that where we are now and where we know God wants us to be in terms of our commitment to his word, right? And, and really just the preparation that increasing our knowledge and understanding of God's word does for those that are uh, called to different ministries. All of us, God, he has so much greatness for us. But if we do not do the work, we are literally our own delay. Like we are literally getting in the way of what God wants to do because we're not putting in the work. We're being passive about our walk. We're being uh, uh, um, lackadaisical, as Sister Christina said, about just knowing that we're called to do great things, but we refuse to be great in the Lord for a number of reasons. We don't want, we don't feel like reading the Bible. Our flesh never is going to feel like reading the Bible. Our flesh literally it is 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 going to be a nice old tool in the enemy's hand because it's always going to tell us that we're so tired. We have all these other things to do. Well, what about this? Oh, and then he's going to make sure the spirit of slumber comes over us. I mean, there's all of these tactics of the enemy, but but still, guess what we do? We press. We press our way through to really commit to increasing our knowledge and understanding of God's word. And again, I'm not talking about flipping through and just checking it off the list. I'm going to read a chapter today. And then you read a chapter. You can't tell me one truth from that chapter, one revelate, one word of revelation, one nugget of wisdom from that chapter. Then you have read, you have treated the Lord's book. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You have treated the Lord's book as a, as a secular novel. And we just simply will not do that. It is sacred. It is holy. It it deserves our full attention. It deserves for us to sit with the Lord. It deserves for us to have a quiet place. It deserves for us to shut out all the noise, hallelujah, so that we can really take in all of what God wants to share with us through his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sister Christina, it's you and I, so we'll just have a little dialogue. And I think this will actually be uh, just a blessing to to those who who catch the replay. A little different from 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 our usual um, studies, but just I think this is this is the way the Lord uh, sees fit. So this is rich tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving loving what you're sharing. I think the last statement that you really made is just kind of just so ringing um, ringing in my ears is that we need to recognize the sacredness of Scripture. You know, that you um, there is such a benefit in, um, you know, for those that are reading as part of um, like a habit or developing the habit. It's excellent. Um, It's so such a good habit to invest in. Um, But like you said, when when we recognize and we behold the sacredness, um, there's a a phrase uh, that has shaped a lot of my faith. It says you become what you behold. 
And so when you behold the word of God and you, you really just uh, love the sacredness of the word of God, there's a, a life, um, like a vitality and a connection and an intimacy that you have in that relationship where God does begin to reveal the mysteries that we see in scripture. Um, and it's so, so powerful. So I really love how you're identifying that sacredness, um, that, that piece of really, um, the difference between treating it as something that's common versus something that's sacred and holy. So I really love that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That vitality. Yes, yes, yes. And we will, yes, you become what you behold. I, I heard that in a worship song. I was trying to figure out where that came from. Um, but that's, yeah, that is, that, that's powerful. That is so powerful. And really we, we fall in love once you once you realize that you are literally just drawing closer to the Lord through reading of his word, you really true just truly do just fall in love with just reading the word. It becomes it's it's like our favorite novel because there are a lot of people who are like, oh, I gotta get this new novel that came out, and people are reading novels that they watch the movies for, and just all kinds of things. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but but the word of God, there is nothing more soul satisfying than the word of God. I mean, truly, I'm like, oh your word is so good. I mean, I'll flip it through. I'm like, Lord, did you see that? I mean, it just, we really have to just, it, we, when we approach it with, with, with just this level of adoration, because it is written, it is God breathed. I think for me, it ends right there. I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord. And, and, and really just understanding that it is, we, we, we can talk to the Lord as we're not to be intimidated as we're reading it. We don't need to feel like, you know, we need to be all super, you know, um, like theologian or, or people are intimidated by the word of God. No, open it. And just honestly, just talk to the Lord about it. Cause I'm doing that all the time. I'm like, wow, Lord, I can't believe you did that. I mean, you would think you think I'm crazy. (laughs) I do. I, but I love it because that's how one that cultivates a deeper relationship with our best friend. And two, it opens up the door for the Lord to say, well, daughter, let me tell you why that happened, right? It it, it develops this, this really, um, this deeper level of, of uh, uh, trust, I believe, that the Lord is, is really desiring to, to see in all of his children. Can I trust he or she with this level of wisdom and this truth? Can I trust that one, she's going to receive it and be blown away by it, right? She's not going to just listen to it and then file it away and then go and do something different. No, she's going to, she's going to, meditate on it. She's going to ruminate on it. She's going to minister it. She's going to share it. She's going to use it for my glory. So can I trust him or her with this truth and with this level of wisdom? Right. Woo, man. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. Hey, hey sis. I think, um, the verse that really comes to my mind, I hope I have the reference, right. But, uh, I believe it's Psalm 25 verse 14. And it actually, um, talks about that the Lord confides in those who fear the Lord. And that word confide, like you were talking about earlier, just how one word can really make all the difference that that sense of confidence. Like when you have a best friend and you have something that you want to trust and share with, you talk it to that person who you know you can trust, you confide in them. And so I love how the Lord like gives us this window um, that he confides in us. You know, obviously he is so faithful and he is our confidence and we can a confidant rather where we can uh, confide in him the, the secret things of our heart but the word talks about how he confides 
those things to us. And you see different um, characters throughout the scripture where God really confided his heart to the people. And so that's what I love. I love, like you're saying, like that bridge of trust and that bridge that that not only do we trust the Lord on on one end, but the Lord can trust us and he shares with us because of the fear of the Lord that we've developed with him. So that's so, so good. Yes. yes. Amen. Oh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It truly, it truly, truly is. Yeah. Yeah. It opens up the door. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, and so the next, the next area is, um, is again, just this is it's self-explanatory is one that we should know. And that is decreasing in our frequency and severity of sin. So we know that we are sinful just by nature. We know that we, it is a, it is a daily battle for us in terms of dying to our flesh, in terms of us um, really just walking, you know, continually and consistently in the spirit. We've been talking a lot about that through our, our church prayer calls, just really that, that, that does that not even a desire, but that the critical need for us as believers to really be yielded to the Holy Spirit. But one way that we can measure our spiritual growth is, is, is the, 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 the frequency and the severity of sin. And one, one example of that is just for me personally, when I first got saved almost seven years ago, um, I used to curse like a sailor. I mean, it was just, it, it was just natural to me. I mean, if I got really upset, I usually didn't get really upset. Cursing was just a thing, but if I got really upset, then I would curse even more, but cursing or vulgar language was something that it was just a part of who I was at that time. And even when I first got saved, that didn't immediately change. But as I began to just, uh, I still wasn't surrendered to the Lord, but I was just trying to just read my word more, just trying to pray more. And the Lord just began again to just meet me where I was. And then I don't know at which point the Lord just took the vulgar language from me, but he took the vulgar language from me. He also began to position me around people who I once had a, a group of friends at, at, at work at, at work at that time. This is six years ago, but they I didn't necessarily gossip, but they did a lot of gossiping. But if you're around two or three people that are sitting at a table at a lunch table gossiping, you end up being pulled into a conversation where it's gossip one way or another. So the Lord began to show me to start excusing myself from the table because he no longer wanted me to participate in those conversations. Then he started over the next it, it was a process over the next year or so. The things that I once really loved to do with, with, with again, old friends and, and, and people that, that I still love, but I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, connected to at this time. There were things that we used to do and the Lord just began to change my appetite for the act, the type of activities that I participated in the places that I went. Now it was a process, but that's why the Lord, he promises that he's going to do the work in us because it definitely was a process, but that's how I knew that although I wasn't fully surrendered and where I am now, I knew that I was, I I now in hindsight, let me say this way, can see that that was, those were, that was an indication of of my prayer and my time in the word, I was growing in my walk with Christ because he began the appetite for the things that I desire to do, my conversations, the people that I, that I once viewed as, 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 you know, friends for life. And they, it just started to shift. The Lord just literally started to just, he just started to do such a work in me, but that was an indication though, that because I was beginning to develop a hatred for sin, that's what I see. I now see now 
where I didn't hate the sinners, but I hated the sin that God was showing me that that was a part of me maturing in him, that that was a part of me now wanting to really walk in the new man. Although it took me really up until two years ago to really be freed from people pleasing. It really did. It took me until this, the full surrender to be free from people pleasing and, and really walk in the, the new identity. But it was all of these little things that led up to, to, to that, that, that place where I knew that I was in hindsight, again, I knew that I was growing. I knew though, that the Lord was saying, okay, you're growing, but there's still one thing I need from you. And that is your whole entire heart. So that's the place that I had to arrive to. And that's the place that we all have to arrive to. But in terms of just the, the, the sinful nature and the sinful habits, and even the conversations and the activities, it all began to change. The Lord just began to shuffle the deck, but but the desires of his heart were becoming the desires of mine. That is an indication that we are growing and maturing in our walk with Christ. There are many believers that we will see that have been saved for five years, 10 years, 30 years, 40 years. And we don't see their the habits and the patterns and, 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 and they're proclaiming Christianity, but they're still doing the same things they used to do. They're still going to same places they used to go. And these are all places that perhaps we don't perceive as being um, unlawful, as Apostle Paul would say. But just because it's not um, unlawful, it doesn't mean that it's not dis- dis- disadvantageous to us in terms of our growth as, as believers. So as we're growing in our walk with Christ and maturing, we'll begin to notice that we'll begin to opt out of certain events. We'll begin to stop... Uh, to pull back from hanging with certain people, not because we don't love them, right? We're called to love everyone, not because we're looking at ourselves as being uh, more superior or more holier than thou. Absolutely not. All have sinned and fall short of the glory, but we feel like this tug. We feel the Lord really doing some things in us. We feel the Lord really getting a hold of our hearts because of our desires, our deep desires. Maybe we haven't even shared those with the people that we're around yet because we're afraid of what that looks like. We find that a lot that people don't really share their love of the Lord or their desire or our desire to be great in the Lord because we're afraid of what people will think. And that is actually what keeps us stuck. That fear of what people will think that people pleasing, that wanting to be liked and, and, and remain sort of cool with everyone as we take this walk with the Lord, that is really what binds us up. And I had to be freed and delivered from that because I kind of thought I could still hold on to the old life um, and, and then still walk in the greatness that God wanted for me. And God just had to show me that that's simply not the case. I simply could not, I could do that, but it would it would impede upon every great thing that God wanted to do through me. It would, it would keep me stuck. It would keep me complacent. And I would be tired after trying to live a double life, after trying to really live in a way where I, I, I have, again, one foot in the, in, in the ways of the world, because I want to do the things I want to say. My flesh wants me to do. My flesh wants me to curse and gossip and go out with people who drink and maybe do drugs and all. I mean, this is just what this is the this is the reality of our of our transformation, right? So I'm just being transparent. But the Lord was really just tugging me and showing me, like, listen, daughter, I have great things for you, but you're gonna have to release the old things, right? Behold, all things become new. The old things have passed away, and so it took some time for me. But but the indication or the point where I, that I look back now, I go, okay, I can see where God began to really just. Uh, really just really get a hold of me, really gather me because I begin to change uh, my appetite for, for the things of the world begin to change. And I no longer wanted to be 
friends with the world. And over time, again, the Lord just really showed me that, that he wanted my entire heart. And with that, that entailed a full surrender to him, that entailed me being fully yielded and submitted to God. And that entailed me really being freed from um, people pleasing, freed from the opinions and validation and approval and all these things that we battle with, especially our family too. I mean, it, 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 it is, it, it is probably the most difficult yet rewarding decision, second to us actually uh, inviting Christ into our lives or us being saved. The second most rewarding yet difficult decision is us choosing to be submitted to Christ, us choosing, the, us choosing to give the Lord our entire hearts. It is, it really, because it, we literally then at that point become enemies to the world. Like it, there's no way around it. Your family, your friends, just all, I mean, you just become an enemy and at odds with the world, but that's okay. That's okay. We must, well, we owe it to Jesus Christ to walk in the greatness that he died so that we could have. I mean, that he died a horrendous, brutal death so that we could have, we owe it to the souls that are connected to us for us to be great in Christ, for us to walk out every single accomplishment, for us to birth every single ministry, no stone unturned. That is what, that's my personal prayer. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to leave this earth until I've accomplished everything. Like I want to be able to say that I've, I've fought the good fight. Like I've run my course. I've kept the faith. I want to be able to say the word that apostle Paul said when he reached the end of his life. And I want us all as we're on this journey together to be able to say those very same words, to be able to be free in Christ. And that begins with just, just being released and freed and delivered from the people pleasing and the validation. I'm not sure why the Holy Spirit is having me go here. This was not a part of my original sort of talking points or the nuggets when I sat with the Lord, but somebody needed to hear that tonight. Someone is on the verge of literally surrendering to the Lord, but you're having doubt. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But you're you're being pulled in two directions. And I want to just free you in this moment and tell you to choose Christ. I want to just encourage someone's heart in this moment and tell you that it's not worth it, that you're trying to please everyone. And then can I just tell you that you will fail every single time, that you will fall short every single time. But if you decide to put your eggs in one basket, if you decide to say yes, uppercase, yes, exclamation point to Christ, if you decide to give him your entire heart, that you will be so consumed by him and the things of God that you will have no concern for the opinions of others. The only opinion who that you will value, the only opinion that will dictate how you navigate through life is going to be your heavenly father. Oh, I just feel that somebody needed to hear that tonight as you catch the replay. Somebody needs to be freed from the, 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 the bondage that you've allowed yourself to be placed back in when God has greatness for each and every one of us. Greatness, 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 hallelujah, greatness, souls. I, I just, that, 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 I don't know, that just hits me different. Souls connected to our assignments. It's not just like we have clients, right? <laughs> this is a business endeavor and we're just going to let our clients down. No, we are literally in a position to transform the life of someone else. Why wouldn't we be great in the Lord? Why wouldn't we choose Christ? It is hard. Yes, but make that decision and don't turn back. Oh, I don't know who this is for, but I feel it so strongly in my spirit that somebody is so close. 
Thank you, Jesus. That somebody is so close. That somebody is, is, is so concerned about letting the people down around them. And I just want to tell you, don't be concerned about the people around you. Don't be concerned about letting them down. You will not be able to please everyone. You will not be able to play superhero to everyone. But what you can do is allow the people that you're concerned with letting down to see you be great in the Lord because you don't know what that decision is going to do in their life. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. For the brother or sister, Lord, that is that is hearing this replay that's under the sound of my voice. Lord, I thank you for their decision that's going to be made when they listen to this. I thank you for, for the tug on their heart that you've been doing. Lord, I thank you for this word of confirmation for that individual. Lord, I thank you that you so desire to do such mighty, great and mighty, hallelujah, things through them, Lord, that you're tugging them for a reason. It's not that you desire to control their lives, Lord. You desire to do something so great through them. You desire to take them who they view as just an old, ordinary person, but you desire to do extraordinary things through them, just as you did through Mary, who was a regular old plain Jane, Lord. We don't even know what she looked like, Lord, but you said, she's mine. I'm going to use her to birth the Messiah. Hallelujah. I'm going to use her to birth the anointed one, Lord. So I thank you right now, Lord, for what you're going to birth through my sister or brother that is listening right now, Lord. You've been pulling and tugging. They've been fighting it, but the struggle ends right now. Hallelujah. The struggle ends right now. Hallelujah. We thank you for their yes, Lord. We thank you for them giving you your, their entire heart, Lord. We thank you for their surrender, Lord. We thank you for them making a decision right now to be so yielded to the spirit of God, Lord, that they will, they will drop everything, Lord, that they have done, everything they have planned, everything they have written out for their lives, Lord. They will put their hands up in the air right now, hallelujah, and they will say, I fully surrender to you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Holy Spirit, I lay down every ambition, every selfish ambition. I lay down every goal, every vision of my own, Lord. And I say, Lord, I pick up every will and plan and way of you, of yours for my life, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, we thank you right now for their heart for you, Lord. I thank you right now for their soul and the souls that are connected to them, the ministries, the books, the businesses, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the places they will set their foot upon. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo, I don't know who that was for. Oh, I just pray that whoever listens to that receives that in the name of Jesus, that Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, Sister Christina. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Uh, the third piece, we're, we're a few minutes um, at before eight. So the third, whoo, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, the third area is... Um, Increasing in our practice of Christ-like quality. So that really just connects to just a lot of what I, I what 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 the Lord just ministered through me and really just growing in the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit that was once non-existent, right? Because we were slaves to our flesh. We were knee deep in our transgressions before the Lord uh, uh, came and he chose us and he allowed us to be heirs of righteousness, right? He allowed us to be called children of God. He allowed us to, to put on this new identity that as a result of that, we should be, we should see fruit 
evidence of fruit growing increasingly, becoming increasingly evident in our lives. So where we once struggle with with, with patience, where we once struggle with, <clears throat> with walking in love, where we once struggle with, with, with exuding or, or, or relying on, on Christ for our joy and knowing that, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We once struggle with those when we first got saved. I once struggled with those when I first got saved. But over time, the Lord began to cultivate the, the, the fruit of the spirit within me that we're always cultivating. We're always growing in the fruit of the spirit. None of us, we talked about this in the first part, we have not arrived. We will not arrive until the return of Christ. So we're constantly asking the Lord. I'm constantly asking the Lord to help me be patient. Help me be patient. That is an area that I specifically struggle in, um, that I really am just asking the Lord daily, Lord, give me patience or help me be patient, patience with, patient with my daughter, patient with people, help me to really walk in grace with people when they don't respond the way that I will. They don't do something the way that I would just, I am constantly before the Lord about that. And it really just all the fruit, but for me in particular, the patience piece is an area that I, that I know for me is an area that I'm constantly uh, and consistently asking the Lord to work on me. And now, and knowing that though, when we're asking the Lord to help us bear fruit, please know that he will then send tests and send different situations in front of us to then produce that fruit or, or strengthen us in that particular area. I have seen that where I'm like, Lord, I pray for patience, but it just got turned up. <laughs> it just got crazy in my life. Why? Oh, you're going to ensure that 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 gift of or that fruit of, of patience is really cultivated through these experiences and through these different trials and through these different uh, situations uh, with different people, whether it be with my my 10 year old or my dog, or just, I mean, just my, my neighbor. I mean, I'm just, these are just examples, but, but, but he'll use different situations and experiences to cultivate that fruit that we are crying out for us to really bear. I, I want to just, I just want to bear the fruit of the spirit. So when people see us, they don't just see us, us proclaiming to be Christians, but the fruit is evident. The fruit must be there. You will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. Period. What 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 fruit does your tree it hold? Right. It is evidence of us growing as believers when we begin to see us growing in the areas that we know that we once really struggled with, or that we know we once did not have at all. They were non-existent. There was no forgiveness. There was no joy. There was no uh, 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 walking in love. There was no um, long suffering. There was no you know <clears throat> the fruits of the spirit were just not evident. And if they were evident, we weren't where we are now. We should see consistent and continual growth in the fruit of the spirit and, and in, in our, 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 the ability to walk in love and compassion. We should begin to see and develop a heart for the people, not just the people of God, but a heart for the souls of unbelievers. See, we, 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 we play church when we think that we should just be concerned with the people of God. No, let's take it back to the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was sitting eating dinner with the sinners. He had a heart for people. So it, we, it is remiss of us to think that we are okay to just have a heart for believers and a heart for the body of Christ. That is not okay. It is when we reach a place where we can ask the Lord to help us have a heart for all people. That is a really beautiful place to be because then not, not only do we begin to see ways or the Lord begins to show us ways which we can be a blessing to the body of Christ, but he also begins to show us ways which we can be a blessing to non-believers. Thus, ultimately, opening up the door for them to know Christ, for them to experience Christ. We must have a heart 
for all people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All people, all people. So increasing in our practice of Christ-like qualities. Um, sorry, Chris, Sister Christina, did you want to add to that? Uh, no, I think you're you're spot on, spot on. Okay, amen. So the fourth one is we're just wrapping up. So the fourth one is uh, increase. This is this is a, a heavy one because this is one where it really does require us to go through some things, and I can say that from experience. But an increase in our faith and trust in God. This is going to be. All of these are critical, but this one right here is an area that when you talk to some believers, it is just an area where, uh, you know, a lot of people are struggling. They're struggling with trusting the Lord. They're struggling with having faith in the Lord. Even though the Lord has delivered them many times, the Lord has delivered the children, protected them. The Lord has done miracles that, that when things get rough again, or when situations arise, that there's a, that they, that they kind of are back at square one when it comes to their faith and trust in God. And I love how, even though there's sermon series, um, and I, I, I love this particular pastor of, of Transformation Church, he did a whole series on crazy faith, such a powerful series. But when we look at the level of faith that that we are, that, that the Lord says that we can have to do so much, it is the faith the size of a mustard seed. So it's not necessarily crazy faith. We Crazy faith is good. Crazy faith, I'm sure, blows the Lord's mind. He's like, oh, I'm gonna do miracles through them. But, but, but we don't, we don't need to have crazy faith to move mountains. We don't need to have crazy faith to really, uh, uh, to please the Lord. We just need to have faith the size of a mustard seed that gives us that, that mountain moving power. But how is this faith grown, right? Faith is a muscle that is built. This is what the Lord said. Faith is a muscle that is built. And how is it built? It's built through tests and trials. So when James um, when James chapter one, verses two through four, when James is, is telling us to count it all joy, when we fall into various trials, because the trying or the testing of our faith produces patience. And when we let patience have our perfect work, then we will be complete or perfect and complete lacking nothing. So it, it is really he, James is really telling us that it is through the trials and the tests that our faith is, is, is developed, that our faith muscle is strengthened. And so it is so important that as we're going through the different situations, that every situation that God delivers us from, that when we encounter a new one, we don't go running back to the beginning, trying to figure out whether God's going to do it, whether he's going to deliver us. We can trust that God's will is going to be done in that situation, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how empty your account looks, no matter how off the chain it looks with your child, no matter how how, how, how dire the circumstances are, we put all of that into the hands of the Lord, right? We're casting our cares into the hands of the Lord and we are having complete faith. And this is easier said than done. I, I know that I say this lightly, but this is the only option that we have because if we don't cast our cares into the feet of, or in the hands of feet or at the feet of the Lord, we worry. Worry is a sin. Worry is saying that we don't trust the Lord. So we know at over time that we are growing in our walk with the Lord because we know that situations that used to really frazzle us, that used to send us uh, <clears throat> send us up a tree emotionally, situations that used to really cause us to, to really worry, we have seen that our response to that is different. We're seeing that through different trials and tribulations and experiences that we have developed this faith in God. 
Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have moments like Abraham, right? Or Sarah, where we're like, okay, really, God, I mean, it's looking, it ain't looking good, but we don't stay in that place, right? We have the moments, we talk to, we talk to the Lord about it, and then we go, you know what, Lord, I'm tripping. You're right. You got this. Let me, let me just, let me fall back. You have this. I, I, I trust you. So it's okay to have the moments, but we don't stay in that, that place of doubt. We trust that God is who he says he is, and he's going to do what, because who are we? We are mere mortals. We cannot control a situation and worry keeps us up at night. There are so many people that are kept up at night about bills, about their marriage, about their children, about family situations, about situations at work. Why? Release those in prayer at the feet of the Lord. Leave them at the altar. Don't pick them back up. And let's watch how God works. Let's watch how God blows our mind in working out that situation according to his will. That's where it gets tricky. Not according to our will, not according to our ways, not according to our desires, not what we think is going to be us trying to sort of, to, you know, map out what we think the Lord's going to do. No, we have complete trust in the Lord that he has our best interest. Let me say it differently. He has the best interest of our soul at heart. So when it comes to our children, our children are the Lord's. We are stewarding our children, our marriage. We're stewarding it. The Lord knows all things. We lay that at his feet. It's looking crazy. It's looking hopeless. Lord, we believe that you are God of restoration. We believe that you can bring reconciliation. We believe that you can unify families. We believe that you can grant my child the wisdom and discipline to be able to push through school and be great, even though their teachers are saying they're not great. But Lord, I believe that they are a child of God. And because of whose they are, Lord, I believe your report. Hallelujah. Whose report will we believe? We believe the Lord. We believe the Lord. Trust me. I have had many situations this season where I've been like, Lord, you had me relocate now. <laughs> now, listen, Lord. <laughs> okay. I'm in a full on battle here. Now, listen, I'm ready to, I'm ready to call the realtor now. You best show me something, Lord. Um, but, but, but seriously, I, I'm joking, but I'm, I'm being serious that there have been situations that that, that all of us are going to encounter where we take it before the Lord and be like, wow, Lord, okay, it's not looking good. It's looking real rough as a matter of fact, Lord. I'm not sure, but I trust you, Lord. I, I, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look good to me, Lord. I don't see the outcome, but I trust you. You are my father. You are so protective and loving and merciful and gracious. And you are just so kind. You love us more than we could love ourselves, more than we could love our children, more than we could love our spouses, Lord. You know all things. You are the alpha and the omega. You are the author and finisher of our faith. You are so sovereign. You are the creator of the entire universe. Who do I think I am? I am a mere mortal. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And the last one, before I open it up for final comments, because we're a little over time, but I wanted to finish this so we can close out this series. The last area is uh, that the Lord added was our discernment. This is our discernment should be increasing. Our discernment should be increasing. And discernment is not intuition. Intuition is a worldly concept. Intuition is based on flesh and emotions and sort of our conscience and all these other uh, emotional aspects. Discernment is our ability, our spiritual ability to determine truth from error, to determine right from wrong, to determine what a good decision is versus a bad decision, to determine what a good idea is versus a God idea, because there's a difference. Discernment helps us discern a good, a a man or woman of God versus a false prophet, 
right? Versus a serpent is wrapped in finesse, a counterfeit clothed as a husband, a counterfeit clothed as a wife. Discernment helps us to be able to cut things open that we can see who is at the root of it. Cut things open, rip things apart so we can see who is at the center of it. Who is driving this decision? Who is driving this assignment? Who is driving this conversation? Lord, is this my husband? Discernment is going to be able to make it really clear to us that that, that, that this man or woman is my husband or wife from the Lord or if they're a counterfeit. The Lord, he, if, if we are walking in lockstep with the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, we should have discernment. And this is a prayer that I pray for all of us to pray. Lord, heighten my discernment. Let me see the intent and the motives and the heart of your people, of all people, so that I can discern how to navigate situations. So I can discern who is of you, who's not of you. We have to beware of people who are packaged well, but they're not of the Lord. They're speaking into, they're speaking into our lives and they're prophesying and we found them on YouTube and we're sowing into their cash apps, but they're not of God. They're not even operating under the spirit of God. We are being bewitched and deceived and seduced and so many other words that I could list as body, as a body of Christ and as believers, because we lack discernment. How do we, why, why do we lack discernment? Because we don't spend time with the Lord. How do we get discernment? By spending time in prayer with God, by asking the Lord to get, give us discernment, to give us wisdom, to give us these things that we can be able to navigate life in a way where we make decisions that are that we know without a doubt are of the Lord, that we know without a doubt are, 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 are us making decisions and navigating life in a way where we're following the steps that have already been ordered for us, but we're following the steps of the Lord. We're not following in a voice that we're trying to figure out whether it's the Lord. You hear a lot of people say, well, I think the Lord was saying this. There's no thinking. Discernment makes it so clear. When we have discernment, the voice of the Lord is sharp. You know that voice from, from, from any other voice. You know that voice from the voice of the enemy. When we have discernment, and it's not something that we can watch sort of meditation tapes for from like these sort of this, this, this secular perspective, and this is it, you can't get a book on how to get discernment. We get discernment from being in the presence of God and by praying and seeking and asking the Lord and allowing him to give us that, right? By us really, truly being, um, I'm using it and being responsible people as we have this discernment, we're being obedient to the voice of the Lord. So we're not asking for discernment and then downright ignoring the voice of God or the spirit of God. That, that, is, that is counterproductive to us as, as Christians and, and as believers. So that was the last one that the Holy Spirit really wanted me to add on. And that was really, really just about just, just, just discernment. Not, not questioning the still small voice that is leading us to make decisions, not saying, oh, this feels right, because a lot of people say that. That's not helpful. It doesn't matter what it feels like. We need to know that we know that we know that the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us. And as we grow spiritually, we will begin to develop such a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's voice, knowing that he's not going to lead us to do anything that is contrary to the word of God, nor is he going to tempt us with evil. Nor is he going to lead us into situations that are that that are um, putting us in a position to do evil, right? James 1.13 tells us when, when we are tempted, no one should say that God is tempting us. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So when we're thinking about discernment and we're wondering, well, is well, Lord, is that you? We know again two things. The Lord is not going to lead us to do anything that is contrary to the word of God, and he is not going to tempt us with evil. That's not the Lord. 
If you're saying, well, I think the Lord is leading me to go move in with my um, with, with my boyfriend. That's not the Lord. The Lord is not going to lead you to do anything that is going to put you in a position to do anything that is relevant to sexual immorality, fornicate. He's not going to do that. He's not. He's just not. So we can't, we have to be very careful, use our discernment and be obedient and sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so those are, um, those are the five areas, but there are a few reflective questions that that are not for us to discuss now, but that I want to leave us with. But before I do that, Sister Christine, I wanted to open it up for you for any final comments before I leave us with this, the reflective questions. I love the Lord. He wants us to reflect in our quiet time. I totally forgot these questions. <laughs> We're here. So I love them so much. Um. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think the one thing that I really wanted to share is when you were praying um, over over the people that maybe were uh, struggling with like the people pleasing or that God was going to kind of move them in that um, just into the new season and, and break that off. Uh, the word that I had was that victory is attainable. Um, and I think that for anyone who is is struggling um, in in that frequency of sin or the severity of sin piece, that there is there is victory. Um, and sometimes victory is a process. Sometimes victory is like a like an onion peeling it back layer by layer until you get to the core of it, and God just deals with it. Um, and sometimes uh, God is is very swift in giving us victory in certain areas. Um, so just to be really encouraged with those um, specifically when we're talking about maybe sin that may be holding us back um, from maturity or walking in what God has for us. So I just really uh, wanted to. Uh, uh, highlight that piece of victory, um, but appreciated very much the other points that you uh, shared, um, you know, regarding the discernment and continuing to to bear fruit, um, just very powerful. And thank you for giving me a chance to share too. Oh, no. Amen, sis. Yeah, you have so much to share. It's always an honor to hear from you. Um, know to bless others as well. So this is this is the way the Lord set it up tonight for it to be a dialogue between us. And so this is this is going to be exactly what, what, what people need to hear. So I'm I'm so excited about that. So with that, we, we come to this place. I love the Lord. And, and we last, let's see, almost two, I'm going to grace been around almost two years. We're actually up coming upon our two year anniversary next month. Um, so, but what the Lord used to always do is that at the end of every lesson, there will be reflective questions. And so he's starting to do that again. So um, there are a few reflective questions for us to take back and really just talk to the Lord about in our quiet time. And I'm actually so excited about to, to do this. Um, this weekend to really just sit with the Lord because at, ultimately at the core to just bring it all home for, for, for those who have listened to part one and part two, or those who maybe just listened to part two, but really at the core of our spiritual growth, if we are honest with ourselves, is our desire to really have an intimate relationship with God. At the core of our spiritual growth is our earnest and, and, and genuine desire to have an intimate relationship with God, to know him, to love him, to crave his presence, to know him as Lord and Savior, but more importantly, to know him as our friend. Mm. And so there are a few, four questions that the Holy Spirit really wanted me to share with you all as we just take with all of us, as we take these questions back and we sit with the Lord in our, in our quiet time. So I'm going to share these and then just 
uh, just close us out in prayer so that we can just really go and, and, and really just meditate as, as the Lord is leading us, just all that he has shared today, just such a rich discussion. So excited to have my sister in Christ sort of, sort of join me for, for this as we just allow the Lord to just really just share and, and really just to minister tonight. This series has really been so powerful. So I praise God for, for just his direction and his leading and his vision and his steward, his allowing me to be a steward of his ministry. It really is just such an honor and a privilege. So the first question is, how can I deepen my relationship with the Lord? How can I deepen my relationship with the Lord? The second question is, how can I draw closer to the Lord through the reading of his word? How can I draw closer to the Lord through the reading of his word? The third question is, have I committed the appropriate amount of time and resources to my spiritual growth and development? Have I committed the appropriate amount of time and resources to my spiritual growth and development? Because the Lord showed me that we will spend our money on all kinds of things, all kinds of other things, food, shoes, just all kinds of different things. And we will spend our time on all kinds of different things, but then we will be hesitant or we will be, um, we will have a different attitude or a different posture when it comes to spending our time and our resources on the things of God. That's just the reality of just, just the, our fleshly nature. It is a fight, but we must fight the fight. We must be committed to spending time and resources, meaning attending the right conferences as the Lord is leaving us, attending the right workshops as the Lord is leading us, things that are going to really edify our soul. We must commit to uh, our spiritual growth and development. We're going to put in, we're going to get out, thank you, Holy Spirit, what we put into this. That is what we started with. That was what we said on part one. That remains the same. That fact remains the same. The Lord will do the work, but what are we going to do? That's the question. Um, the last question um, for us to reflect on are, are there things, people, tasks, etc., that are hindering me from going to the next level in my relationship with Christ, which will produce growth in the areas that we discussed tonight? I want to repeat that one again. I feel like that's probably going to be the most reflective and eye-opening question if we really allow the Lord to show us these things and for us to respond in the way that we need to respond to this question are there things that's people, relationships, tasks, um, hobbies, whatever it is that are hindering me from going to the next level in my relationship with Christ, which will produce growth in the areas that we discuss tonight? So I pray as we release those four questions, hallelujah, heavenly father, just thank you for just this Bible study, Lord. Thank you for just all that you have Man, you have shown us so much, whether we, regardless of how long we've been saved, whether it's a little bit of time, a long amount of time, whether we don't even know Christ and we're kind of just coming to know him, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, you have shared so much with us through part one and tonight through this series, Lord. So we are so grateful, Father, that you even see fit to really want to encourage us, that you even see fit to really want to steer us, that you even see fit to really want to uh, do the work in us, Lord, even on the days where we don't feel like it, Lord. Oh my goodness, Lord, our flesh is something else, Lord. We truly must die to it, Father. Help us, Lord. Help us to get a hold of it, Lord. Help us to truly fight this fight, Lord. Help us to truly uh, stay armored up for battle. Just understanding, Lord, that the flesh really desires to oppose and to challenge the spirit of God by any means necessary, Lord. So we pray, Lord, 
that you help us, Lord. Help us develop just a, a heart for you, Lord. Help us to develop an earnest and genuine desire, Lord, to really grow in you, to really love you, to really spend time with you, to really go deeper in our reading of the word, to really go deeper in our reading of other things that are relevant to the kingdom of God, to really invest more time in, in, in even discipleship, Lord, even as we're maturing in Christ, to actually have mentees and people that are um, um, younger than us and, and that are our peers and that are our family and that are our cousins or, or our siblings or whoever it is, or you know who that we should be sharing with and allowing information to flow through us, Father, you know all things. So I pray, Lord, that as each of us go into our secret place, our place of quiet, Lord, that you begin to share with us and show us if there are anything that is or any, anything or any person, any relationships, if there's a job, whatever it is, Lord, that is truly hindering us from really growing in you, Lord, we really want you to show it to us, Lord. We want to know, Father, because we want your help in making the change, Lord. We want your help in making the shift, Lord. We want your help in closing doors on relationships that are that are hindrances, that are blockages to what you're trying to do through us, Father. We want to be great in you, Lord. We owe it to the people that are, the souls that are connected to us to be great in you, Lord. We owe it to Jesus Christ, Lord. The, 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 the sinless, the, 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 the lamb without a blemish, Lord, just the precious blood of Christ. This is the price that was paid for us, Lord. We owe it to Christ to be everything that he knew that we would be before he even, uh, we even came to him, Lord, but that he made that sacrifice for us when we were still enemies of his, right? When we were still not even sure of who we were, or who he was or where we were going, none of those things. We didn't know any of those things, Lord, but we truly owe it to him to give him a return on, on the investment that he made, Father. So we thank you, Lord, that this is gonna be a year, Lord, that we really truly see that fruitfulness. We see that fullness, that we begin to walk in a newfound freedom, hallelujah, that we have never walked in before, a newfound holy boldness and holy confidence, Father, that we will, be, see, we will see our brothers and sisters free, delivered from people-pleasing, validation-seeking, from the spirit of trauma, from the spirit of Fear, Lord, from the spirit of just self-doubt, Lord, all of these spirits that are keeping us, holding us back, Lord. We thank you that, that we will see our sisters and brothers just walk in and just, just greatness, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Just greatness. I just keep hearing that, that word, greatness, greatness, God. That's what you have for us. Greatness is what is owed to us. Greatness is what we are promised. Thank you for not allowing us to forsake our inheritance, Lord, as brothers, as, 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 as um, sons and daughters of yours, Father. We thank you that we're going to believe every word that you say, Lord, from here on out, Father. We believe you, Lord. We trust in you, Father. We lay our situations at your feet tonight. We lay it all at your feet tonight, Lord. We cast our cares and our anxieties and our worries onto you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that those who are heavy laden and those who are burdened, those whose souls are weary, Father, you, I, we pray, Lord, that you give them rest, a rest that they have never experienced before, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you for my sister, Christina, Lord, just for being on this line tonight. Thank you for her press, Lord. We thank you for her wisdom, Lord. Thank you for the gems and the richness that she adds to every conversation, Lord, every teaching, Lord, everything that she does, Father. We thank you for what you're doing, even in her in this season, Father. We thank you for just all of the assignments and the ministries that you have 
um, um, that you're going to release through her and through her husband and through the boys, Lord. Oh, we stand in awe at what you're going to do through them. We are in absolute expectation, Lord, in agreement of the greatness that you have over each and every one of them and those that are connected to her and even the shift that it's going to do in her family, Lord. Hallelujah. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We honor you. It is in your precious and mighty name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Have a good night.